we have the opportunity to really take the whole concept of digital twins and digital threads to a completely new level in the marine industry, where we will be able to allow both ship designers and ship owners and ship repairers to get value from the data initially created during the design stage throughout the life cycle of the ship, right through to breaking and recycling of the ship. Welcome to season two of Next Generation Design. I'm your host, Jennifer Piper. This season, we'll be talking directly to customers who are using our software, learning more about the innovative applications for product design straight from the companies who use it. My guests today are Kelvin Warbe, Ken Sears, and Jerry Berganza. With their expertise to guide us, we'll be taking a closer look at the trends driving the marine industry. Welcome to the show. Let's start with introductions. Jerry, can you start us off? Thanks, Jen. So my name is Jerry Braganza, and I'm working as the product manager responsible for the various ship structure applications inside of NX. I've been working with Siemens for the last 17 years now. I spent the initial seven years with Siemens working as a sales consultant for NX. Well, in my current role, I'm involved in understanding the needs as well as the workflows of the marine industry. And my focus is on driving the NX roadmap as well as the strategy to kind of meet those needs. Great to have you, Jerry. Let's hear from Ken next. I'm Ken Sears. I'm responsible for the um, product management for the marine industry for the NX, for the Siemens NX product. I've been working for Siemens more than 30 years now, originally in the area of geometric modeling, but working with shipyards and our ship building customers since the early 2000s. Thanks, Ken. And can you tell us about your role, Kelvin? Hello, everyone. My name is Kelvin Warbe, and I'm a Senior Technical Product Manager and the Marine Industry Lead for our Composite Solutions at Siemens. Uh, I've been working with composites for 14 years across several industries in a variety of roles, and I'm just really excited to be here today and having a great conversation as well with you. Great. Thanks, Kelvin. Yes, happy to have you all here with us today. So I guess to go ahead and get started, this would be a question for Ken. Could you help shed some light on the typical trends and challenges in the modern shipbuilding industry and how they're all different from other industries? When I look at trends in the um, marine industry, I, I really think of four things. A move towards sustainability, the idea of interconnection, a big sensitivity to operational costs and the increasing level of technology that we see in the marine ships and other um, aspects of the marine industry. So to start off with sustainability, we can think about this as in a more informal way as green initiatives. So what's happening here is there's more and more strict emission standards being placed on ships. This really drives us to look at new types of new types of fuels, liquid natural gas is becoming very much more common now than it was a few years ago. Looking into the future, we're looking at carbon neutral fuels like biofuels, uh, synthetic methane, and looking out into the very long term, 10, maybe 20 years into um, carbon free fuels, which would predominantly be hydrogen and maybe ammonia. And obviously, the further out you look, the more problems there are, particularly around storage issues. Um, with some of these longer term fuels, but that's definitely the way the industry is going. 
With the standards becoming more strict, is the industry leaning into more social responsibility? There's a lot of focus now on traceability, where things in the supply chain come from, where the raw materials come from, ensuring that the appropriate um, standards are being applied throughout the supply chain. The second trend to look at is really the idea of interconnection. And here we think about how we have a design or design and build anywhere strategy where it's no longer the case where a single shipyard is going to work alone to build a ship. They may well um, do a design in one area and then actually build it in a different country, even build part of the ship in one country and part of the ship in another country and uh, bring the two together and join them together, perhaps in a third in a third place. Global cooperation, both in the build level and the supply chains, is very important. More and more need for technology to support that and make that cooperation, collaboration much more efficient. Again, there's a, there's a need to reduce cost in new build and uh, more and more focus on design, reuse, um, and sharing knowledge between ship programs. The, the days when every ship program used to be a separate, completely independent database and there was no carry forward into uh, future programs, they, they've long gone. It very much is now sharing, reusing designs between ship programs and potentially even between um, a shipyard and their suppliers. How are operation costs being affected by all of these changing trends? There's a big drive to reduce operational costs. And in part, this is driven by technology like the use of IoT or Internet of Things to uh, enable predictive maintenance by tracking the performance of components on the ship while it's at sea. Lots of focus also in reducing operational costs by making ships more efficient. You know, we see a lot of people now looking at doing a lot of simulation-based, CFD-based optimization during the early stage design process to make sure that uh, the actual amount of fuel that a ship consumes in use in uh, through its lifetime is significant be is significantly reduced. You know, even even reducing uh, fuel consumption on a ship by a few percent makes a a huge cost saving over the lifetime of the ship. We're also looking at more automation on ships to reduce crewing levels. And obviously, more automation on the ship increases the uh, complexity of the ship design process and increases the complexity of the software that we use to design ships. And the fourth one, my final trend, is really the ever-increasing amount of technology in a ship. Years ago, ships were relatively simple things. They didn't have a whole lot of complex electronics on them. But nowadays, even commercial ships have huge amounts of technology they generate huge amounts of data monitoring the performance of the ship as they sail. There's an increasing need to have more modularity of a ship, particularly in the naval world where the idea of modular ships, um, both during the lifetime of a ship, you can make changes to the configuration of ship for particular missions or um, you can potentially easily update the uh, systems on a ship during a, during a refit. Thanks, Ken. That was a really great overview of the trends that are going on in the marine industry. I would also note that Siemens has had a long history with the maritime industry. So which typical marine business segments does Siemens work with today? So we work in a range of segments. So I would say originally we got started probably in the yacht and leisure industry where we have a number of customers building what in the days gone by would have been fiberglass ships and now probably have more um, advanced composites in them. We've been working with shipyards, building steel ships, 
probably for around 20 years now. So we're not newcomers to this industry. We've been here a long time. We have a lot of business. Probably our strength is really in naval shipbuilding more than some of the commercial shipbuilding. But uh, we have customers in all different segments of the shipbuilding industry. So then I guess, Jerry, I'll turn to you for the next question. So talking about the global marine market, which market segment or segments do you see the largest presence of Siemens solutions and why? As Ken mentioned, I would like to say here that Siemens has always had a very strong presence, especially in the high-end naval shipbuilding. And if you look at this particular marine segment, it is typically involves the design of classes of vessels, and they typically span uh, over a number of years. One of the main concerns that naval shipyards have today is how do they manage large amount of digital data, and that to across the entire life cycle of the vessel. One of their major needs is the ability to be able to handle multiple changes as well as configurations that typically happen across the entire class of the ships. And I would like to proudly mention here that today Siemens is the only provider of a comprehensive digital twin, not only provides uh, an end-to-end coverage of the entire life cycle of the process, but it does meet the different challenges that naval shipbuilding uh, kind of offers. And when I say the entire life cycle of the vessel, uh, it's from the initial concept and simulation until the final services as well as the maintenance phase. And in fact, it shouldn't be a surprise to mention here that a large number of the navies around the world use the Siemens suite of solutions uh, primarily to kind of help them innovate their future fleet, as well as to kind of support the modern warfare techniques that they need to kind of have today. So that's, that's, that's how I would kind of like to summarize as to how, how strong we are as far as uh, naval shipbuilding goes. And so the other segment that I think is of great interest is also the yacht and pleasure boat segment. So what's making the leisure boat segment such a lucrative market globally today? This market is really lucrative. The other thing that you see here is the rising amount of disposable income that citizens in the emerging economies have. Uh, that's, That's really the driving force behind this particular market. And we also see that a lot of people are now slowly getting involved in uh, recreational as well as competitive boating activities across the globe. I mean, I wish I would I would like to have a yacht of my own. Yeah, I would like to own my own yacht as well. <laughs> what can you tell us about safety if I wanted to take my new yacht out for an extended voyage? The overall Safety of boating, especially on long voyages, that has tremendously improved. uh, And that is primarily due to technological uh, advancements like the use of, uh, be it wireless technology, be it IoT, or even smart sensors for that matter. The whole boating experience has uh, drastically improved. So I would say that a number of such factors are kind of making this entire segment as well as this market quite attractive. So what's the specialty of this segment and the secret of the success in these markets, would you say? I would say that the if you look at this particular market, I mean, the important aspect, especially of the yacht and the lo- uh, leisure boat industry is that is the, the, the whole crux uh, of the design is based uh, upon the hull. So the design of the hull, it needs to be agile, it needs to be efficient. So that is really the main thing that the design of uh, this, this kind of segment focuses on. 
The other important thing is space optimization, right? Also, the your boat should look good. I mean, uh, the, the delivery of rich interiors is also equally important uh, if you look at this particular segment. And I would like to say here that the Siemens uh, product design solution gives this segment kind of the speed as well as the efficiency and, and additionally the design freedom that they need to come up with uh, designs. And here the, uh, the key thing is the shortest amount of time by which you can kind of bring your boat to the market and that to with utmost quality as well as finish. Right? So that's, that's where I say we, we are really successful in this particular market uh, with our product design solution. Are there any examples of customer successes or case studies that you could share with us on the success of this market? An excellent example of the success is that of the INEOS, uh, which is the UK uh, racing design team who primarily used the Siemens design solution. They used it to develop an innovative racing boat and it helped them to bring back the America's Cup to Britain. That's an excellent example. If listeners want to learn more about it, we did talk in depth about this with Max Starr from Team Ineos UK in our first episode of season two. Tell us more about how the team benefited from using Siemens design software. What they did was they were able to use the power of our design solution. And in this case, it was NX to kind of help them design and configure the best hull design. They designed the hull such, such that it could work for any kind of wind race conditions. And uh, if you look at uh, what they do, what they did was they used a number of our Siemens suite of simulation tools, which primarily helped them to kind of iterate between numerous uh, design alternatives uh, based on the results obtained from CFD. Uh, they were also able to make speedy last minute design changes when uh, to, to kind of make sure that they, they get the best boat out in the uh, in the space of racing. The other key thing for them is to meet the, the deadline that they had to kind of come up with the boat and they, they, were, they were able to get that success through the use of uh, our products. And likewise, I would like to mention here that several of the top 20 yacht customers, in, including customers like Sunseeker as well as uh, Princess Yachts, today use our Siemens solution uh, primarily to remain competitive in this particular market. So it was interesting to learn the success of the Team Enio story and what they achieved by bringing in simulation analysis studies very early in their design process. Could you elaborate a little bit more on the significance of simulation in the context of marine? Yes, definitely. I mean, if you look at the concept of simulation-driven design, it, it typically provides a very powerful means by which you can shift your design process from the traditional marine spiral to a much more fully integrated design environment. And if you look at this particular environment, it is uh, kind of driven by intelligent algorithms. Uh, we have automated tools and processes. All of these are kind of connected together in, 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 a, in a single ecosystem. This particular kind of approach uh, really helps naval architects to kind of focus on engineering and innovation uh, by using these rapid design optimization as well as analysis tools. So, so they can kind of get the real benefits uh, by using these tools. And the overall result of this is kind of increased confidence uh, in, in being able to kind of produce optimal designs. And of course, the end result is reduced cost, uh, especially in the early stages of ship design. So how easy has it been for the marine market to adopt this approach? And can you give some examples of 
successes of this within the Siemens customer base? Yeah, I mean, if you look at the value of simulation-driven design, it's kind of recognized in almost every marine segment that we work with. Uh, it's not really uh, limited to a particular segment. I mean, the value you can see here is including naval, be it commercial, the leisure boats, and even with marine suppliers for that matter. We do have a number of customers who successfully use our solutions. We have customers who use this uh, this concept of simulation-driven design to kind of optimize their propulsion systems. We also have marine suppliers who kind of use this concept to develop high fuel efficiency engines. In some cases, obviously, uh, as, the, uh, as the topic that we discussed earlier, I mean, they also use this to kind of design extremely high speed race boats. Uh, there are also instances where Siemens Digital Solutions have also helped to improve passenger as well as crew comfort by kind of reducing the noise in compartments. There are also situations where the exhaust gas uh, dispersion from the ship has been optimized using these solutions. So these are really the core examples. And these are all nothing but proof points of our successful usage of our solutions within our customer base. The other area that I would like to kind of point out here is the recent trend around a variety of all materials that are being used today, uh, depending on the size of the ship, the application, as well as the expected life of the vessel. So using different kind of materials to be able to get with an optimal design as uh, is, is slowly becoming uh, an interesting uh, area for shipbuilders to look at. So what is your opinion on the materials used for boat building and how solutions within the Siemens portfolio help the shipbuilders decide the best option to choose from? In terms of material choice, for example, composites. Composites have been around for decades. It isn't a new idea or isn't something that just came around. The marine market in general is always looking for ways to improve fuel efficiencies, performance, and reduce weight in their crafts. And by now, everyone knows composites enables a 30 to 40% reduction in overall weight of a structure or component compared to traditional metals, such as steel or aluminum. This overall decrease in weight leads to a bevy of benefits, such as increased stability, lower installation and assembly costs, lower operating costs, and ultimately, it leads to better fuel efficiency and less greenhouse gas emissions, which goes towards achieving the industry goals. As Ken mentioned, even a small percentage of fuel savings goes a very long way. So despite the increase in the use of composite materials today, effectively designing and manufacturing composite products, which satisfy your requirements and customer needs, remains a challenge. The true promise composites has been largely unfulfilled due to the high cost and complexity of designing and manufacturing these unique materials. As Ken mentioned also, the trend in interconnection and building anywhere, right? A successful composite product development requires effective communication among multidisciplinary teams throughout the life cycle of a product, regardless of where you are. And a lot of, you know, composites are engineering material, right? They require a new level of knowledge, knowledge that's required throughout the design and manufacturing process. Companies need better ways to supplement their knowledge of composites or lack thereof in many cases if they want to gain the real potential of designing with alternative materials, if they want to really improve performance and ensure repeatability. 
Companies must find better ways to make better decisions to optimize the amount of composite material used to achieve performance requirements. And the key thing here is doing it without over-engineering or overbuilding and ensuring they maintain profitability. Are there any examples that come to mind? We met with a yacht builder not too long ago, and they told us that while building a yacht, they have absolutely no idea of what the weight of that yacht's going to be until they put it in the water. They were using spreadsheets to estimate the weight and the cost of the yacht, but they end up overestimating everything. For example, they have to make assumptions that every ply is a full body ply that covers the entire boat when we know that's just not the case. They have no way to get a real assessment of the weight or costs up front or throughout the build cycle. Also, they have no way to ensure build quality from yacht to yacht. It's like every yacht they build is a new yacht. So repeatability is an issue. And, you know, on average, it's, it takes about eight boats that they build to actually get close to the requirements they initially had. And in a business where you're selling that first yacht, you want to get as close to your requirements the first time. So right now, it's just a very inefficient and costly process. So, you know, it's one of those things where when you're building, you know, a ship or a boat or anything, right, that you have to take all these things in consideration and understand what, you know, how exactly you are building this thing and what materials you're choosing and, you know, what goes where and where to put what, right? What type of material to use where. So it's a very difficult, it is a big challenge for a lot of these, these boat builders. That sounds like a lot of potential waste in terms of time, money, and materials. How does Siemens software curb those costs? Solutions like Fibersome, which is a world-class leading tool for designing composites, along with NX and CAE and even Mastrum for interiors. Jerry mentioned interiors earlier. And the other solutions within the Siemens suites, they, they can help you realize the full potential of your craft. Whether you're trying to optimize your yacht by reducing weight or being more cost-effective or increasing the use of carbon fiber for higher speed and performance while reducing fuel consumption and environmental impacts. Or maybe you're just exploring hydrofoils, looking to increase the use of composites in ships, whether it's in decks, rudders, hulls, cabins, superstructures, regardless. Steam Solutions can help you achieve those goals efficiently and cost-effectively. You know, we know that the use of a variety of composites is only going to continue to grow as the materials become more cost-effective and the performance and the fuel requirements continue to be pushed. Companies know that at some point, they, right, they need to do something different. They need to do more to get this competitive advantage. Siemens is the partner you want to help get you there. Let's talk about the future. Ken, how do you think Siemens is helping to shape the digital evolution within the maritime industry? I think that Siemens has, with its technology base and with our sister company within Siemens that builds marine hardware, we have the opportunity to really um, take the whole concept of digital twins and digital threads to a completely new level in the marine industry, where we will be able to uh, allow both ship designers and ship owners and ship repairers to um, get value from the uh, design, from the data initially created during the design stage throughout the life cycle of the ship, right through to breaking and recycling of the ship. I mean, there's there's a lot of increasing rules about how you can um, dispose of the material in the ship and just having a, a digital twin that represents what's on the ship, what state the ship is through, through, <clears throat> through its life cycle is going to help people uh, break ships much more um, efficiently and with much less pollution than is currently the case. 
So I think there's a huge opportunity for the uh, for seamless digital technology in this industry. I think it's uh, an industry that's probably a bit behind some of the other industries we've dealt with, like the automotive industry or the aerospace industry. But it's a, it's an industry where the uh, the digital base, if you like, is catching up quickly. I'm interested in hearing how the pandemic has affected the industry. How are different segments managing through this? So the pandemic has affected different segments of this industry very differently. So if you look at the naval shipbuilding segment, that really is carrying on, although bills have slowed down a bit due to um, social distancing and, and other, other things. There's no slowdown of orders. But at the other extreme, if you look at the um, commercial cargo carrying shipbuilders, they're, they're really having a tough time. The amount of world trade has gone down. The demand for new ships is going down. Shipyards typically are slowing down production and building the orders they have more slowly, and there really aren't very many new orders out there at the moment. So it's it's a pretty painful time for the shipbuilding industry. The flip side to that is, of course, the ship breakers and the ship recyclers are doing pretty well as um, as we see some segments like the cruise industry selling off and scrapping old ships. Do you think the pandemic changes any of the future technologies that they'll be using in the marine industry? I think we'll see a rapid updating of the world fleet as um, less efficient, less clean old ships will get scrapped faster. And, you know, I I think the pandemic, that was happening anyway, and I think the pandemic will just uh, make that go faster. Being ever an optimist, I think that we'll see trade bounce back very fast once this um, pandemic dies back. I think we'll see the pandemic just accelerate change in the marine industry. Well, that sounds hopeful and a great point about the acceleration of efficient ships taking the place of the old. What are your thoughts, Kelvin? From what I've been reading and from from my discussions with different uh, customers and prospects is that actually the pandemic's made it so that there's a bigger demand for yachts and pleasure boats. People at the, especially at the higher income levels, right? They're using this as an opportunity to, to, to purchase these yachts and, and go out and, and, and be on the, on the waters and kind of use it as an escape. And based on some of the discussions I've had, it seems like purchase orders are, are, are up um, across some of these yacht builders. So uh, it seems that they are actually, the pandemics actually caused them to you know, have to readdress because of the, the this new demand, right? They, they've, it's caused them to kind of readdress how they actually go about manufacturing these yachts and being able to kind of meet the new demand that they've encountered. Right. Yeah, that's a good point, Kelvin. Some of the ways that we can, like you said, escape, right, is going out on a boat where, you know, you're only with your family. You're, you're not in your house, but you're on a boat. <laughs> you know, it's a change of scenery for sure. I guess that means Jerry and I have won't have much luck looking for deals on our future yachts, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, going on a cruise is not possible, so might as well hire uh, a private yacht for a few days and spend that money there. Sure. Yep, definitely. Yep, chartering. Yep, chartering's up. Yep. Then I guess chartering will have to suffice. Before we wrap up, I just want to thank Ken, Jerry, and Calvin for being here today. You can find their contact info in the show notes if you want to get in touch. They're happy to answer any questions and discuss marine industry trends with our listeners out there. 
Thanks also to our listeners for tuning in to today's episode. Join us next time for more discussions about design innovation and software applications. I'm your host, Jennifer Piper, and this has been Next Generation Design.